You are listening to the Money Making Marketing Podcast and we are your guide to making money with marketing. I'm Jenny from Ava Marketing and as ever, I'm joined by my co-hosts Isaac from Volta Media and Louis from The Mailman. So this week I've been thinking a lot about um, marketing and what works well in marketing and what doesn't. Uh, and I'd really like to hear your guys' thoughts, uh, find out kind of what you've done, uh, find out what has worked really well for you, what hasn't. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've kind of talked about in the past with testing and measuring and, and how that's so mm. important to see what's working and what isn't within your, your strategies. And... Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different factors really that will go into why certain things with your marketing aren't working and why certain things are. And the only way you're going to find that out is through that testing and measuring. Um, and as well, a bit of patience. A lot mm. of people will run a Facebook ad and expect instant results. They expect the same day that ad goes up to be bringing in 10, 50 times the amount of money that I've put in back. And it just doesn't work like that. A lot of the time yeah. it will take it will take a good Nine like months. three to six months at yeah. least to start yeah. getting a return on your investment. Yeah. I sometimes, and that's if you've got a good strategy. Yeah, that's it. I sometimes find um, certain clients, they'll say, I want to do social media. And you think, oh, brilliant. Um, but they think just by them solely doing social media is going to bring in all the clients. And it's Putting kind of a post out on one. Instagram, yeah. yeah and then, then everyone in, in their area comes flocking to their cafe well, or that, whatever it might be. Well, that's it. I did have a client. We'd sort of worked together a week and um, he didn't have a massive understanding of social. He knew he needed to be on it. Um, but, but yeah, after a week, he said, why, why aren't I getting sort of a, 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 like massive amounts of subscribers on YouTube and things? And it's like, it doesn't quite work like that. So it's, I don't know. I think, yeah, it's trying to understand what works, what doesn't, and don't be afraid to kind of test things out. But kind of what what um, marketing avenues and channels are you guys like currently using at the moment? Um, so so for me, I am very heavy into the the kind of digital content creation. So obviously, I've got this podcast that's one of the marketing channels. Um, I've got my YouTube channel, which is probably one of the better channels that I have. Um. I've got email marketing, I've got my blog, I've got um, uh, digital networking events that I'm going to and in-person networking events. Uh, so that there is quite a mix. One of the things that I haven't really been doing um, is running stuff like um, Facebook ads and LinkedIn ads and, and paid advertising. And that's somewhere where, at least in the next couple of months, I'm going to be moving a lot further towards can i ask you why you haven't been like doing ads and focusing on kind of the others is it just something you haven't got around to um, or? yeah it's just trying to find the time to actually yeah. do that to be honest um and as well like up until maybe the past six months or so it has been a bit more of a budget thing yeah. like content is something that it costs my time which yes does cost money but when you're just starting out in a business and you don't have uh, a lot of client work it's so much easier to be able to focus on being able to create that content and I guess laying the groundwork for your marketing strategy going forward. I, I guess like as I've kind of um, touched on a lot in the past, like I personally think content is one of the most powerful things you can be doing for your marketing. Yeah, and if you're not creating content, then you're missing out on a huge opportunity because every business has a great story to tell. And the way they tell that is through their content. Yeah, I guess it's kind of utilizing some of the uh, technically like free and market so like social media like you said it costs you time but technically it's like free and um, so yeah doing the kind of organic content 
um i think it's just a really good place to start like you said especially uh, if you're a kind of small business or a startup or don't have a massive budget um but what about you lou what sort of channels do you use well it's interesting really because so i'm an impatient person especially when it comes to marketing and like i, I fully agree and completely understand how content like organic social media that sort of stuff is an incredibly powerful thing to do but like you said Isaac before it's a, it's a slow burner mm. and for me it's something I've like always planned to do but I've always been focused on like paid media so whether that be Facebook ads or direct mail stuff literally that I can say right I've spent exactly this much money doing it and am I getting more money out of it ultimately yeah, so, so it's, do it's you, generally you, a quicker response. That's my that's been my main focus. However, yeah. I'm starting to transition more into that organic um, social sort of stuff, mainly because it's well, it's very powerful. It's brand building ultimately, rather than just direct marketing. Yeah, that, that's the thing I love about content is I can create something and it's going to be there for years and years to come and still acting as that kind of awareness beacon for for drawing people towards the work I'm doing yeah. and and ended up working with me um I did a post on LinkedIn the other week which was like you can spend an hour creating a video that's five minutes in length get that up onto YouTube but within a few months time you could have thousands of views on that yeah. and that's thousands of people watching your video for five minutes at a time so what's that that's like uh, five thousand minutes yep it's do, Which it's is... do for work once, get like results yeah. from it forever. Um, it's the same with blog yeah, like posts, that, that's eighty-three it? hours. You know, you're turning a yeah. five-minute video into eighty hours of conversation with people. Yeah, it's the same with like, blog where posts. else can you do that? Yeah, like as long as far as I'm aware, if you make a blog post, SEO works in the sense that if someone searches for something and your blog post fits what you what someone searched for, it doesn't really matter if it's five years old or if it's a month old. No, no. It's, it's Plus, going to be seen and it's going to attract attention either way. Because I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'm wrong with this, but with I always thought with kind of SEO as well. Um, obviously, if it's still re- relevant to algorithms and blah blah blah, but sometimes then things sit a little bit longer. Google has longer to kind of crawl, and and I thought kind of the longer certain contents on like your website for the better. Is that right with kind of blogs? I'm and pretty sure like it that, is. Or? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it um, is. Yeah, it's, it's also a bit of like a consistency thing as well. So, like, a lot of people will, will get a blog post put out, and then that's the only thing they post for months. Yeah. And they wonder why it's not working for them. And it's because Google doesn't see you as a credible authority source. voice. Yeah, yeah oh, they like, don't see yeah. you as credible because you've literally posted once, and that's it. Mm. Where what you need to be doing is you need to be showing to the search engines, look, Look, we're posting content out every every week or multiple times a week. Um, we're getting engagement on this organically. Um, we're talking about all of these topics and in each of our, our bits of content, they're talking about similar things. Look, we're an authority voice. Mm. And it's then that Google will start to take notice and be like, oh, you know what? We're going to start ranking these people. It's the same with video. It's the same with blogs. You just need that consistency. Yeah. Which, yeah, does yeah. take time. With, with... The... Oh, God, I, I think the other thing about um paid versus organic is that paid you can measure it very very clearly and it's easy to measure like the the results from it in the sense that you know that you can spend x amount and get y out of it Mm. whereas 
like you say with social it's harder to tell you can see like reach and different things like that but it is harder to track the overall results yeah um, um and that's I, where people i'll disagree fall. with you there louis okay uh, oh. you, you can you can track every stage of your content marketing and how that's working, how much you're spending, and how much you're earning. It's just it's not as easy as putting oh, a Facebook yeah. ad in and seeing yeah, how much you spend and how many click throughs. Like, like yeah. um, what you have to use in this point is something called a UTM link, and that basically attaches some data to the end of the link that people are clicking on, and it says, "Oh, this is a social platform that it was clicked on." Um, this was the campaign that it was part of. This was uh, yada, 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 all that information. And then that will then feed through into your analytics software. On that analytics software, you can see how many people came in and then you can see customer journeys. So you can see uh, someone came in from this link and then they ended up going to my discovery link and arranging a meeting with me. I get, I get what you so mean. you can start in, tracking all of that. Yeah, there's a lot but of it's analytics. it's difficult is what I was saying. Yeah, it's not yeah, as... Yeah, it's, it's an extra bit of work. It's not as a clean cut. And I think with things like social, um, it, it can sort of take... I've found it sometimes tough because... People will see an increase in inquiries, but they can't quite tell where those inquiries have come from. And it's one of those, did they see the van? Did they see the signage on the front of the... I mean, it's up to you to try and track that. But I think you are right, Louis. It's harder to sometimes uh, pinpoint exactly things like, you know, tracking your links and things, brilliant. But sometimes certain things, it is a little bit harder. And sometimes I've found certain clients, even I've been guilty of it, where you put so much effort into things like social media or your newsletters and certain things and you think, oh, is it worth it? So I think probably from that, that's like you said, Isaac, if you can track as much as possible because then you'll know whether it's worth it or not. But if you're kind of doing it and not really understanding kind of what you're getting from it, then that's probably where you'll end up giving up and not being consistent. But yeah, I totally I totally agree in terms of, yeah, doing a Facebook ad, it'll tell you, yeah, for every click, it's five pence or whatever, whereas kind of the other end of it is slightly harder, isn't it? Um, yeah, written and paid ads is more straight up and yeah. like, yeah, this is it, where you do have to do a bit of work to figure out with more organic content and your, your, your content marketing. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of got me thinking. Like um, when I when I first started, I really got hung up on the vanity metrics of likes, comments, shares, mm. and all of that engagement. And in all honesty, like, I, it doesn't really matter. Something I've learned is people aren't necessarily always going to engage with your content in terms of dropping a like, a comment, and sharing, and all of this stuff. But they're going to be watching and regularly watching. And I've found through doing regular content, I've been getting more sales, even though my my engagement hasn't been going up. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a balancing act because I do agree sometimes, like you said, people get hung up on, oh, last month I got 10 likes, this month I've got 12. Don't get me wrong, but it is important to get engagement because it's going to help increase your reach, but it doesn't necessarily equate to whether it's working or not. Yeah, Yeah. I've I've found that. I remember looking at a business, and I think they've sort of blown up on social media, um, but I think behind the scenes, it's not as... as, um, They're maybe not doing as well as it looks like on social. I think that's the thing about social. It can be all that smoke and mirrors, and although you've got 10,000 followers, awesome, or 20,000 followers, does that mean you've got 
10, 20,000 customers. So, yeah, I think yeah. it's just a bit of a balancing act. But it's an indication that, you know, it gives you an idea. And like you said, it can help with reach and things like that. But, yeah, I think it's not getting stuck yeah. on small details. It's looking at the bigger picture. And I think a big thing, I have it, people think, oh, if I just do one thing, it's enough. But I, I think it's all about doing, like, multiple things in marketing. So, like you said, both of you said, you know, network have newsletters you know do do it all it comes back to the funnel thing like the whole funnel situation why 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 is the funnel shaped like a funnel because at the top you want to have as much entry points as possible for people to get into the funnel so that starts weeding people out as they slowly work from like your brand awareness stage through to your your consideration decision stages finally to that that point where you're making that sale and getting a retention like you want it to go down that way where you've got a lot of people coming in at top end and then just the right people coming out at the bottom end. That's it, isn't it? And that awareness stuff, the organic stuff, is building a brand that's right top of funnel. It's just building awareness as much as possible. Do as much as you can to build awareness. Yes, and And there are a few statistics, like one, I'm sure it says, like, it takes on average at least seven times for someone to see and, like, recognise and trust your brand, ultimately. So that's, like, if you if you... If you like pair up paid with this organic and you target your paid marketing to people who are already aware of your brand, generally you get a much higher conversion rate. It's yeah. like retargeting ads on Facebook. You get a much higher conversion rate generally. Yeah. And it's all books of that. I've, this is like, um, I remember seeing like, a, I don't know if it's like a documentary or I don't know if it's like a clip on Facebook and it, they were talking to lots of different business owners and um, one of the people being interviewed, uh, I feel like I might get judged for this, but I think they're in like the adult film industry and they had a website that people could go on and they'd get lots of free content. But they said, all we need is like 2% of those people visiting our website to have the paid stuff and we make like they made like millions or billions so i think it's I, I i you might have found it but some people i found a skeptical at kind of giving away too much free advice and all the content they think god it's a lot of effort and we're giving away a lot of secrets and tips and things for free but how worth it is it but actually if you just get out of that 100% that sees all your content, even if you've got 5% that are paying customers, uh, that, you know, and it's all about the worth of your customer, I think, isn't it, as well? But. So, like, th- this this makes me think of something as well. Like, you, you can actually make money from your content marketing in, in more than just getting sales at the end of it. Um, you can run adverts next to your content. You can have affiliate links if you're talking about products. So you can make money from that when you've recommended a product. Um, you can have sponsorships and loads of different things that, doesn't necessarily like come down to selling your product or your service. There's still ways for you to earn revenue from that. For yeah. example, YouTube. If you get YouTube partnership, which I think requires um, a thousand subscribers, four thousand hours of watch time a year, um, then you can run ads on your content. Mm. From the beginning, you can use Amazon affiliate links. So if you're, for example, with me, I I recommend camera gear for different kind of skill levels. Um, I will always use Amazon affiliate links for that camera gear. So when someone watches a video, they see what I've recommended, they click the link in the description and, and then I get paid. a cut of that. Yeah, happy days. And Great idea. You can, you can make money from your marketing in so many different ways. Yeah. And it, it's ultimately the best way of earning an income as a business is to have lots of different income streams. And if you set up these passive income streams around your content marketing, that is like a whole host of different ways you can start bringing in money um like it's not a huge amount i'm making about 
250 quid a month uh, from from doing my marketing. Mate, no one uh, can complain about <laughs> making that. Guess. Exactly. That t- that 250 pounds a month time pays. Almost, <laughs> not quite. Um, <laughs> just because of how long it takes to make videos. Um, right, yeah, but course. like, it's still a nice chunk. It's isn't still it? a good amount of money coming in. You know, it covers my phone bills. It covers um, like <laughs> buying certain bits of tech that I need, and um, mainly hard drive space because <laughs> yeah. I eat through that very quickly. But like, that's that's the thing. Like, that's money that I wouldn't otherwise be getting. And yeah. it's just from me doing my marketing activities. Yeah, if you're doing it anyway. Like, I'm not actively well. trying to earn a lot through it, no. but at it's least like I'm getting added... some from it. And yeah. it's, it's this be- bonus, isn't it? You yeah, know? added bonus. So I what? wonder what? if... Oh, go on, Lou. I was going to say, I wonder if I can get affiliate payments from Asda for coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> and from this weird German shop where I buy my right arms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you start going on Amazon, you might be able to. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if you can buy coconuts on Amazon. You probably can, to be fair. But... You can buy anything on there, yeah, they've can't got, you? They've got Amazon Fresh, haven't they? Oh, who knows? They? I they've got it all. I don't so, use coconuts, Amazon come on, Louis. What, what are you using coconuts as for as part of your so marketing? So, it's one of the first things I send to high-end prospects. And I have these postcards, and it has a picture of a squirrel on it chewing a nut. And it says, is... And there's a different statement each time, depending on who it is. But it might say, is getting more customers your toughest nut to crack? Because coconuts are obviously the bastards. The bastards um, to crack. <laughs> and, and inside it basically says, like, blah, blah, blah. And it says, you'd be coconuts not to not to try this, basically. Um, oh, but for example, I had, a call, I had a call with someone yesterday as a result. And he sent me a diary invite. And you put with Louis brackets coconut man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's my new name, not the male man, coconut man. But <laughs> well, that that is something a little bit different with your marketing, um, and that's you know that's it. it makes you stand out, doesn't it? So I mean, have and you done cheap it? as hell? Like sixty five p for a coconut. And then after you could set up like a coconut shine, make even more money, Louis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so milk you... for more first. Yeah. Have you guys um, like done anything kind of a little bit different with your marketing where you think, I feel like that's really not worked? Like you've given it a good go and you think that's not for me. Because I saw, I remember seeing a post like a few, I think it was months back. Um, I don't know if it's someone you work with, Isaac, uh, or have in the past. I might be making that up. But they put a really good post and it was basically as a business or I don't know if it's personally, they've given, I think it was Instagram, a really good go for months and months and they said it's just not for us and it was a case of let's just stop using it and put our time into kind of other marketing efforts that are more kind of beneficial yeah okay now, now that you've explained i, I can I, I can answer this uh, okay. but bef- before I, I i was thinking more like um i guess highbrow like um i was thinking like social media marketing or oh, video yeah, marketing, it, yeah. more like a general kind of thing as opposed to going down to a bit specific. more specific um but specific in specifics um like Instagram doesn't really work for the business side of my operations, but like my personal side, it's it's done quite well. Yeah. Um, Facebook, it's better for my business side, not my personal side. Yeah. Um, Twitter again has been better for like more personal stuff, so like trying to network with people, um, less kind of like from the business. Um, YouTube worked better on my personal side than it has on the business side. So I've ended up merging like the stuff I was trying to do on a business's YouTube channel just into my personal channel. Mm-hmm. And that's now doing really well. 
Um, so yeah, it's there's so many different things that I've done where it like it works for some things. Not it works for not for others, but um, I, I think that's the thing. Like um, you just need to give everything a go yeah. and try it for a good amount of time. And just see if it's going to work for you. Because not everything's going to work for every business. I've, but, I've spent a lot on Facebook ads that haven't worked at all. But I've also yeah. spent a lot on Facebook lot ads that, that have worked brilliantly. What, I, what's I would been say the... the ratio of what hasn't worked, what has worked, has probably been about 90% hasn't worked. Wow. But yeah. the 10% that have worked, work Good. well enough to make up for it. Yeah. Um, plus, plus in... Of, part of life and part, I gotta part say of that, that whole time you'll have learned okay well that was a bust I won't do yeah. that again I mean what were the like, was the fundamental differences of what worked and what didn't like um not always it was often very odd like I would for example one ad didn't work at all and I think I changed one line at the start of it and just like said, the like, copy yeah yeah what one, one line of copy the headline just at the, at the top of it and it just said um something like we decided to spend our entire marketing budget planting trees. And just by adding that, it like absolutely transformed the results. It was like 20 times um, lower cost per click than mm. with just without that line. Wow. And it shows just tiny little adjustments like that can make a huge, huge difference. I guess um, you, you... Like from a video perspective, kind of following on from that, Louis, like um, thumbnails... Mm. It's insane mm. how how much a thumbnail can affect the performance of a video. Um, like I will typically go through maybe three thumbnails in the first twenty four hours of a video being out. Um, because I will create a thumbnail, launch it with that. It's not getting the click through rating that I kind of uh, am after, so I'll tweak it up to another one, and then that might might be better, but still not quite there, and then tweak it to another one before I get to that that perfect thumbnail. Um, and this actually makes me really want YouTube to introduce A-B testing of thumbnails <laughs> so yeah. I can upload a few different thumbnails and then it will just automatically divvy it up between everyone who sees it yeah. and then mm-hmm. go to the best one mm. yeah, Netflix like does Facebook it, ads. Netflix has yeah. their A-B testing so every person will have a different crazy, uh, thumbnail yeah. for a film on Netflix and uh, something yeah. that's personalised towards that person's uh, taste. And I found that sometimes like, after like a few weeks it'll change and then it makes me pay attention to that film and I thought, oh. And yeah, it's just and I thought, oh, that's really clever because they just constantly change out like, the artwork for the movie and then it like, hooks you in or doesn't. Mm. Um, so yeah, mm. I think but I guess those statistics you were saying, Louis, about the maybe 90% fail, 10% success. Yeah, I, I think that's for a lot of people, they'd be like, well, it's not worth doing it all then. And they'd just well, give up, yeah. wouldn't they? But that's the thing. You get through through like six or seven different ads and uh, you, you might get the odd sale, but you've, you're spending like twice, twice as much as yeah. what the sale is worth, like yet alone the profit. Yeah. Um, and then you're like, fucking hell, do I really keep doing this? And I remember the day, it was like a few days before Valentine's Day. So this is for avocado. And I put this ad up and it was the one where, which I've talked about before of me just speaking straight to the camera. And within a couple of minutes of the ad going up, I was getting orders coming in, and I was just like, "Oh my fucking god!" Like this yeah. is why this, this is, is why I, I was, yeah, I was like, "This is why I love marketing." 
And so I increased my daily budget from like £10 to like £100. (laughs) 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 Because it was for like a week or something. I was like, I'm just going to absolutely like just try and milk this as much as I can. I think that's a good point. You both said um, where in terms of even if you have a a lower budget start with, but then as it as it starts to go live, tweak it and don't be scared to change it. So like that, I would say with um, especially like Facebook ads and, and that, kind of paid ads i personally would say start with a slightly smaller budget but do lots of them see what works best and then if one is absolutely kind of booming compared to the others then like when it comes to running paid ads my recommendation for clients is to always start off with five pounds a day because it's not a huge amount what's that it's two cups of coffee you know not much at all and then scale from there if it's working increase if it's not working adapt yeah and that is how that is just what marketing is it's just adapting until you get the thing that's working and And then when that thing that's working stops working you adapt again Mm. and that's the beauty of modern day marketing like with digital marketing you can put in five pound i mean you can with direct mail you just do it on a small quantity but compared to like billboards or old school yellow yellow pages ads where you put your ad up and it was there for a year and you had no like you couldn't take yeah. it back. Not, after not that. just that. Like with with video, like people are lucky that they can use video to market now. If yeah. we go back to the nineties, <laughs> you would you'd have had to have like a budget of like one hundred and fifty grand just to get the video made, let alone get it onto TV yeah. and seen by people. And then it was just such a generalized thing because, oh yeah, you can have a rough idea of who's going to be tuning in at a certain time during a day. But it's still not a perfect idea. Do you ever, do you ever these prime spots could cost even more? Do you ever yeah. think like and now you can reach anyone? Do you ever think like how the hell did businesses like stay afloat or get customers back like fifty or more? <laughs> well, years ago? like businesses nowadays do not realize how lucky they are when yeah. it comes to marketing because it's never been cheaper, it's never been more accessible, and it's never been more accurate yeah. in terms of getting the right customers. Yeah. But people seem to be more scared of it than ever. Mm. I think that back then, though, like, I mean, all around my office, I've got these old ads, which are from, like, the 1930s to 1960s, like, proper old, like, newspaper ads. And some of them are like, how the hell did people buy from these? But it's basically because anyone who had had the money to advertise, like Heinz baked beans, they could put a fucking stupid-looking ad up going, like, joy is in the beans and it's got some weird description of them and it's not really it doesn't make you want to eat the beans but it's just like oh they do beans i don't know if anyone else who does beans will buy them yeah so it's like that's the only reason they worked to an extent like pre the 2000s like every other ad was just misogynistic wasn't it so (laughs) at least we've come a long way from there but um, it's yeah. like um, I watched um, it's like a film. I, what was it called? The Founder, and it was about how McDonald's started. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like it's a really good film, but like that, you think like it's a blood. Is that um with Michael Keaton? Uh, I think yeah, so. Is, it is. is that the it's yeah the guy who was? Really. I thought it was really clever, but like how they how it's, I find it amazing how someone like that could grow and turn into franchises, and it's kind of a bit of. It's a bit like old school salesman on the road, and whereas now, like you said, technically somebody could set up an Instagram page and start a business. So I, I think it's amazing how you know how lucky we are. Like you said, Isaac, that all is that is so accessible, uh, and I think that's the thing is because you can do it. Just try it. Why not? Um, and like you said, 
I've I've got a general rule of thumb like that. To be honest, I think every business needs to be doing and that's setting aside at least ten percent of their monthly recurring revenue as a marketing budget. And even then, I think ten percent is a bit too low. I think I personally, how I think it should be is that ten percent is for testing. That's for testing out on marketing because obviously once you've found a strategy which makes you more money than you invest, then you're going to put as much money as you can into it because it's yeah that's just common sense. If you had a machine where you put one pound in and got five pounds back, you wouldn't limit yourself to just ten pound if you had a hundred pounds. No, that's you'd it. put a hundred pounds in. You'd put everything in, but yeah, I think it's that. I think for some people, um, some people are more risk takers, whereas some people like to play it safer. And I think it's one of those just start smaller than if you think I don't, I'm not confident with spending money or things like that. Just start with some of the like free con, um, content marketing channels like social media or start your newsletter. And for me, just get started and then start small and build your way up. Um, like, I think that's the thing. You can play it safe later. But what's the point in playing it safe when you're not bringing in, in enough money? Yeah. And the only way you're going to bring enough money in is by taking those risks with your marketing and getting your business seen by people. I think as well, sometimes like you don't have to spend like a fortune on marketing. But I think it for me, like I've, I've had it where somebody start like a new startup and they're on social media for a few months and they're like, we're just not quite getting the customers. and But then a year later, the rammed, and it's it's the crazy busy and it's just consistency so even if you feel like is this paying off just keep at it and i mean what would you say like for certain whether it's social media newsletters etc kind of how long would you give it i mean it's a hard question because it all depends on your industry and things like that but personally i think if it makes sense as a strategy and like you know it it, it could work for example newsletters it could work literally every single business there is but probably there's, there might be something really obscure which it wouldn't i would say even keep email newsletters it. are like it's one of the biggest forms of media right now yeah. mm. it's crazy like people people think email is dead but it's not, not it's it's growing rapidly it's becoming such a powerful tool who was i talking like, who i talked to someone the other day and i said do you do um newsletters and they said well no, because we've done it. They, I think they basically said we've done it a few times and we never got anything from it. And who wants to read it? But another client I worked for, they, they had an amazing dashboard where they could like track everything. So a click through to, from a newsletter, yeah. then it would go to the basket. And then, and like we worked out just sending a newsletter like once a week, uh, like each week they were making something like three to 500 pounds or something like that. And I mean, that was amazing because yeah, you could yeah. track it all. But for other, it's funny how some people think, oh, absolutely not, and others they're on it. And, and it all comes down the th- to the thing you have to remember as well. Like, um, sorry, Lou. Um, the, the the thing you need to remember is your newsletter is not going to be able to work if you don't have people coming to the newsletter. Like mm-hmm. the the newsletter's not really your brand awareness kind of thing. You need to get your brand awareness sorted to draw people into that, and then your newsletter's more for your consideration and decision stages. You know, um, you. You have to fix the top part of your marketing before you can progress to the other parts, you know? Mm. Yeah, especially for existing customers to get repeat purchases and referrals. Yeah. But I think the key thing about a newsletter, and it's the key thing with any marketing or any sort of media, it has to be interesting. It's like like I think um, Isaac said in my last podcast we did about, like, videos. Like, it doesn't matter how long your video is. 
people will watch fucking like a four-hour movie like for Godfather because it's a fucking great movie. <laughs> Whereas if yeah. it was shit and it was just someone if it was saying four like, hours about birds or yeah, or if it was made terribly and it was just about a guy just walking around doing fucking nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but it's, it's an, it's an example. Yeah. 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 I, I I watched a, a 48 minute video on welding the other day. <laughs> welding? I to yeah. Um, I don't plan on learning how to weld anytime soon. It's something I'd like to do at some point. It'd be quite fun to learn. But it was from a content creator who I've followed for years. I really love his content. And I just clicked on a video and watched it and really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I learned a lot about welding. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm, I'm laughing, but it's because I watch these videos of people making like log cabins <laughs> and they're like over half an hour long. And it will be like, it'll be like, sometimes it's a silent thing. It's just, well, silent as in they don't speak. It's just ASMR got like, kind of style. it's just like shows them sawing the yeah. logs and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, because one, I, I can just imagine having like, this peaceful forest in Canada and just building this log cabin. And it's just so, I don't like know. Immersive. Like, yeah. yeah, and you're just like, yes, oh, oh, this looks so good. Oh, I like I like what you're doing with that or whatever yeah. it might be. You just get excited by it. Plus, I guess it's like that. People will watch things that they enjoy. And but the, I think the first thing that you need to nail is you need to enjoy it to begin with. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you don't enjoy it, no one else is going to enjoy it. I guess it becomes like a chore. I found when people, if they hate doing social media or they, they hate writing blogs and they don't enjoy what they're writing, you, you'll you put it off and procrastinate. I mean, I've done it with things. Uh, I'm sure you guys will. If you just think, oh, God, I've got to do that job and, and you put it off and off and then two weeks have gone by and you think, oh, my God, I've not posted anything. So if you hate it, either outsource it to an expert or just, do something you love and stop trying to force it and just, you know, with your, your posts on social, make it a bit more casual and informal rather than very businessy. Yeah, and... yeah. It's, so, it's so, so true and so important. Because yeah. it, it's about, I, it all I think comes outsourcing's to, key as well. You know, it all comes down to authenticity as well. Though. Because if you're speaking about something you, you're not interested in, then you'll just come across as boring. But if mm. you are interested in it, then it's authentic and people like can tell it's people can so easily tell if someone is authentic or not. Yeah, I guess um, I don't know. I don't know if this is a bit cheesy, but like the whole um, if people are like passionate, you can see the passion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can tell. Oh, you can hundred percent. And that's it. I find like you know, if someone's talking about broccoli, if they're really excited about it, and make it fun. You learn a lot, and we've all stood in front of presentations where people just drone on for half an hour and you're thinking you're there you know thinking about what you're gonna have for tea or something whereas other ones if they're really engaging you you're you're really enthralled um and you actually pay attention to what they're saying so yeah i think that's probably a key thing isn't it um there's an objection that that seems to happen um quite often from people within financial services uh, so like accountants and stuff, which is like, no one's going to want to read my blog post about how, how to do their expenses or watch my video on how to do expenses. <sighs> the way I found my accountant was through them writing blog posts mm. about how to do your expenses. Yeah, but, like, but for me... They created content that I found engaging. Yeah. I read more of their content and then they got me as a customer but as a result I, of it. I think certain industries like that, just from my experience, um, I think sometimes they get a bit bogged down in you know, like um, their kind of industry jargon. 
So they they talk about stuff in far too much detail, and like for the average Joe, like uh, you know, like let's say I was looking at accountants, and they were saying your taxes and this rates, and I'd be like, I don't know what any of this means. Whereas if they mm-hmm. if you dumb it down and just make it fun and relatable, then like you said, anyone can understand it. But yeah, I think just don't make it. Remember, like other people will be reading this. I, I've been guilty of it. I uh, but can't sorry. remember who said this, but um. It's your marketing should be talking to a four-year-old. It's so true. It's if if you yeah. can explain it to someone of that kind of age, you can explain it to anybody. I'm sure I've seen something before as well that like copy similar sort of thing actually, but copywriting overall, if you there's like a certain age group, and I think it's like year five. It said like if you write in the style how year five. Like they would know how to write, like people, and that's yeah. the best way to write copy. Yeah, because when you get to like GCSE A levels, you start using fancy words and long sentences and putting all unnecessary connectives in. It it just it doesn't actually. It's not how you speak. It's not conversational no. at all. No, and that's the most important thing is writing in a way. But I, one of the best tips I've ever um, been told about copywriting is to always read aloud what you've written down. I, if it, yeah. if it doesn't feel natural to, to read change it so yeah. it feels natural that's that's what i do when i copyright i'll start writing everything down really quick go through spell check and actually normally i leave it like half an hour an hour come back and then read it all aloud because sometimes yeah. um i get really enthralled in what i'm writing um so sometimes i'll read what i think is there when it's not at times and that's yeah. it so that's it if you read it out loud and come back to it just at a bit of a later stage it'll completely change what it is and you'll think oh my god mm-hmm. that that makes no sense or yeah that's far too wordy so yeah that's a really good good tip Louis. and one massive thing and in fact i just actually said it then as an example i started my sentence with a word and and in in school like you cannot start a, word, a sentence with a word and but in copy starting your word starting sentences with and or but is actually a really really good thing to do because it's how you naturally speak yeah i, um, I think that's it it's finding your style and but yeah i think with all content, don't overcomplicate it and just make it yeah. fun. They're the best types. No one, no one really cares about. It. I've got it with a client. They do audiovisual technology, and um, all, all the content we create for them, it's about the lifestyle. So it's not about um, this certain light dimmer gives you this many yeah. volts, and nobody cares. It's oh, if you click a switch, then the perfect ambiance will be set, and you can cozy down with family, blah blah. So yeah. and and people love that because they think, oh, I want that. I want a cozy living room that you can just flick a button and everything works. They don't care about the technical side in the background. And so, even yeah. better if you had a little video clip with that, where it showed the switch like dimming and then the lights just gradually. It's like that's it. Oh, that is I good. See what that yeah. means. And that's exactly and what they do. It, not telling. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, agreed. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a balancing act, and I think it's just trying things out, not being scared to tweak as you go. And if things really don't work, and you think, you know, be honest with yourself, I've given this a good go, you know, just just put your efforts into something else. Because I've found some people can spend a lot of time on, I don't know, let's say LinkedIn, and it just be the completely wrong platform for them, or they spend a lot of time at a certain networking group, and they, the contacts are just not right. So, you know, give it a go, but it's not a bad thing if you say, well, I've given it a go, I'm moving on to something else. I mean, to be honest, I think people should try things for about a year. Yeah. Because that is a really good amount of time to track the metrics and see 
what's working, what isn't. Do your tweaks, do your adaptations and see if that is going to work for you. If it's not going to work for you, try something else. Come back to that later. Mm. Because it just might be it's not the right time for you. You might not have the the right knowledge to do it or the right skill set or you might not have the budget to outsource it to someone who can do that job for you well. Uh, but try things and don't be afraid to return to them again. Because as Louis said, 90% of his ad campaigns on Facebook haven't worked. But the 10% that have has more than paid for it. You know, yeah. it's it's that trial and error. And that's how we're going to grow our businesses, grow our skill sets and uh, increase our income. Yeah, that's, that's what is, marketing is about. And the issue is if someone had stopped, had given up, or I, if I had given up five ads into it and said, oh, Facebook doesn't work for me, then I would have just wasted money. Yeah, Whereas true. by persevering, because it's that key question, does Facebook ads, do Facebook ads make sense for me? Are my audience there? Do Facebook ads work for other people who are in a similar position to me? Yes, they do. So I'm going to keep doing it until it works for me. Yeah. That, I that think key question. I've, got, I've got an analogy here. Like, um, you don't go to one driving lesson, stall the car and be like, right, that's it. I can't drive a car. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm never going to learn how to drive my car. You don't do that. You go back for another lesson and then another lesson. And then 20 hours down the line, you feel a bit more comfortable doing a car. You go do your test. You're still shitting yourself when you're out on the road, but at least you're out. And you're yeah. repeating yeah. the process so you get the results at the end. And you might fail. Like, the only three way you're going like to get me, those but... results through your marketing <laughs> is by trying and trying again. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's um, yeah, it's it's just don't. I think it's just not being afraid and thing. And I think it's, but I think that's a good point if you know for a fact. Um, like newsletters work for ninety nine percent of all businesses, or you know competitors that this is working really well for them. That could be an indication that maybe you're doing something wrong. So tweak what you're doing. But then also sometimes with that that said, people can get hung up on. I know newsletters work, and it might just be what you're doing is maybe a bit niche and it isn't right. So I think it's a balancing act. Like you said, if you give it some time, but I think in that time, like be honest with yourself and put your all into it and be consistent and really go for it. Because if in a year you sort of done things here and there and you think it's not worked, well, yeah, of course it hasn't because you've not put that max effort in. Yeah, I think I think with your marketing, like if it's boring, it isn't going to work. Yeah. If it's interesting it's going to work yeah i think the, the key things are asking yourself right does a strategy make sense if it doesn't make sense and you're doing it then what the fuck are you doing <laughs> to be honest have a look but at yourself it, yeah <laughs> but if it does make sense and it's not working then what do you need to do to improve it yeah ultimately and that's that's the key thing really, isn't it mm. i'd say yeah. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to give us some feedback or if you have any questions that you'd like for us to answer, send us an email and you can find that in the description of the episode uh, below. Also, make sure to follow us on social media so that you never miss an episode. We are MMM Guys on most social media networks, but again, we'll have all the links in the episode's description. We are Jenny, Louis, and Isaac, your guys to making money with marketing. Mm-hmm.